Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. I love to worship the, the God that, with one pair of hands, created everything that we see. He created the, the mountains and the seas and the sand. and Everything that we have was created by our Father, God. And we think we use our hands a lot because we create. I'm kind of a creative person. I got some weird stuff around my house, but... Everything that I create, God has already provided for me to create. And without God in his ultimate knowledge and everything that he is, we have absolutely nothing without God. We don't have life without God. And my friend, without what Jesus done on the cross... Without him giving us, a, a taking his own life and giving his own life on the cross, without that, we have no remission of sin. And believe it or not, you're a sinner. Amen? I'm a sinner. We're, we're all sinners, but through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on the cross... He paid for all of our sins, and when he arose again on that third day, it gave us hope that there is life everlasting and there is life after death, and we can still live because of what Jesus done on the cross. As I was, <coughs> before I get started, I want to say some things about Memorial Day, and uh, uh, then I'll get into my message. Sometimes we get Memorial Day and Veterans Day mixed up. You see, right after the Civil War, anybody remember that? Lee, you remember? Yeah, well. Okay. <laughs> right after the Civil War, the, the, the soldiers who died in battle were honored. Their graves were decorated by the black people as a sign of appreciation of the Union soldiers, of a sign of appreciation for what they'd done. And years ago, anybody remember what it was called before? It was called Memorial Day? Decoration Day. And it was a day set aside for to decorate the graves of the soldiers that give their life during battle. Now, we, as, as in every other holiday, we kind of shift a little bit and we kind of change a little bit. And now we honor all the veterans who have, who have passed away. We honor them and whether they died in battle or not. And that's a good thing. Don't get me wrong because I, I thank God for every veteran who ever served in the United States military. And I thank you and, and you have the highest honor 
that I, that I can give you on this earth. And, but now it's kind of switched a little bit more, and, and we, we kind of decorate all the graves of our families so our cemeteries look really nice. And, and uh, uh, then before too long, it's the official barbecue day. Right? It's official start of summer. And we, if we're not careful, we have lost the meaning of actually what decoration day is. I don't know what, how, many of, how many of you are my friends on Facebook. Okay, hey, I got more friends than what I thought. <laughs> Just about every morning I take a walk, and about three-quarters of a mile from my house, there's a, a, on, I live on one end of the dead-end road, and on the other end of the dead-end road, there's this old church called Old Bethel. And <laughs> there's, they have a cemetery, and there's, there's stones in there from the 1800s, and it's, it's kind of a, a neat place just to walk around and look at the, the names and the dates and things. And, but last week as I was walking down there, and I, I, I looked out, and, and there was about six graves that had flowers. Some were faded. But I thought, you know, this old cemetery down here at the Dead End Road is not getting much attention. And the next day I walked down there, and there is a huge catalpa tree. Anybody know what a catalpa tree is? We call them cigar trees. Back whenever I was a kid, they had those great big long whatever they are. And it is, probably, it, it is one of the largest catalpa trees in southern Illinois. I mean, the thing is this big around. And as I kind of broke over the hill and, and the, the clearing kind of cleared out, that thing was so beautiful with white flowers from top to bottom. And I just, thought, I just thought, thank you, Lord, for decorating this cemetery. One of the most beautiful sights I'd seen in a long time. Anyway, don't get confused. Just because Memorial Day is here doesn't mean you have to barbecue, doesn't mean you have to open your pool. <laughs> But remember, there were soldiers, men and women, who give their life so that you and I could sit here in a church this beautiful this morning. And I thank God for each and every one who gave their life in battle. All right, getting back to my message. Surprise! God answers prayer. Have you ever been surprised when God answered your prayer? Have you ever thought... (coughs) You've been praying for something, and pretty soon you look and you stop and think, wow, that's been answered. Wow, that's great. And you're, you're shocked because it did get answered. I was talking to a lady one time, and, and she was having a medical issue, and, and she had asked me to pray for it. And uh, she came up to me uh, a couple of days later. She said, our prayers have been answered. And I said, what would you expect? What do you expect when you pray? What do you expect? Do you expect your prayers to be answered? Or do you think, well, maybe God will answer this and maybe he won't. And and if we're not careful, we lose our faith with the statement is, well, maybe God didn't want that to happen. My Bible doesn't tell me to pray with maybe. It tells me to pray with faith. And faith is putting your trust in God. Now, I have found that God answers prayer in three ways. Every time. 
Every time. It's either yes, no, or wait a while. That last one's the one I just don't really care for. I say, come on, Lord, come on. Sometimes I want to say, come on, Lord, give me your hand. I'll show you what I want. Come over here. Now, see, I want to learn to play the piano. And he says, no, Ray, you don't have that kind of talent. <laughs> but sometimes we, we need to realize that if we pray in faith believing, God will answer our prayers. And don't be surprised. Don't be surprised. Don't be shocked. And I, I, want, I, I want to, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Acts chapter 12. One of the greatest stories of a, of a surprised answer of prayer that I have ever seen. <laughs> and if we're not careful, we are all in this same boat. Peter had just had a dream in the previous chapter. Because a man by the name of Cornelius had sent for Peter who was a Gentile, uh, Cornelius was a Gentile, and he had sent word that he wanted Peter to come and pray for him that he might receive the same thing that the church was getting. Filled with the Holy Ghost. He wanted, he wanted that. And my friends, the church needs that again. And once in a while, we need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? We need, we need to feel that, that, that burning sensation that God puts in our heart. And if we're not careful, we don't feel that because... We don't have a desire to see lost people saved the way that we used to. But anyway, <coughs> Cornelius had sent for Peter to come because he wanted to be saved. Peter said, <laughs> you're a Gentile. So God sent him this dream with this big sheet that came down with all the unclean animals in it that, that Peter would never eat because he was the good Jew. And... This voice from heaven says, take eat. Peter said, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, no, uh -uh. I'm a good Jew. We just don't do things that way. I'm a good Baptist. We just don't do things that way. Amen. Sometimes God tells us to do things different. One of the churches I pastored, they finally got their, their main theme was, we never done it that way, so we're going to do it that way. This sheet come down, I think three times. Finally, Peter said, nope. And God said out of the sky, he said, uh, what I call clean, let no man call unclean. So what he was saying is just because you're a Jew doesn't mean you have exclusive rights to Christianity, but it is open to all the world. So anyway, Peter went with these guys, and, and uh, uh, Cornelius got saved, and it upset not only the Jews, because someone is invading our space. Someone besides the, the, the circumcised and, and the ones who are natural-born Jews are now coming into our church. And we really don't want them there because they're not one of us. Have you ever stopped to think how bad this world would be if we were all, the entire population was just like me? just like you I think I'm a pretty good guy I think the world would be blessed with if the entire population was like me but wouldn't that be boring who would why would they bother making pianos because I can't play one you see we're all individuals none of us are alike none of us have the same thoughts but you know what God loves us each the way we are. 
Getting on with the story, Herod decided he was going to appease the Jews, so he killed a man by the name of John, and his next mark was Peter. And the reason he wanted to kill Peter is because when he killed John with a sword, it made the Jews happy. It made everybody, all the church was happy. And, and, and he, so he said, I'm going to send people after Peter because he's the next in line. And he is a very influential man in, in, this, in this big revolution of the church. You see, in this time, you had the very orthodox, strict Jews who didn't accept that Christ was the Messiah. Then you had these Jews who had accepted Christ and their church was growing and growing and growing by thousands and thousands and thousands where the Orthodox Jews, they were kind of sitting back on their thumbs and just saying, well, it's always been this way, so this is the way it's going to be. And then now you're having Gentiles saved into the Christian church. So there's a big problem there of all these cultures coming together. And believe it or not, cultures usually don't mix real well. So there's all these kind of problems going on. Anyway, Herod was, um, had made the Jews happy because he had, he had killed John. And now, he, uh, <coughs> if you have your Bibles, uh, verse 4 Chapter 12, verse 4 says, So when he had arrested him, had arrested Peter, he put him in prison and delivered uh, him to four squads of soldiers to keep him intending to bring him before the people after the Passover. Isn't it kind of strange that when they arrested Jesus, they had to wait till after the Passover? Isn't it kind of strange that Peter was now arrested and there was four squadrons, which was 16 people. And, and I, I think this is really important. And I want you to stop and think of all the miracles I'm just about to tell you about. How God works when people pray. You see, the church was praying for Peter because they wanted him out of jail and they surely didn't want him killed and they wanted him to, have, uh, to be safe. So they were in, all in the church praying for his safety and praying for his deliverance. And God began to work miraculously in Peter's life at that time, sitting in a jail or in a prison Chained to two guards. Now, have you got the picture? If you've got a picture like the Marion County Jail, get that out of your mind. <laughs> the air conditioner didn't work. <laughs> you couldn't flip a switch and the lights come on. I want you to think about a cave. Any of you ever go in a cave, Merrimack, somewhere like that? I want you to think about being in a kind of a cave, sitting on a rock with a soldier on your left and a soldier on your right, chained and handcuffed. They didn't have the modern-day handcuffs, you know, where they just slap them on your wrist and they're all locked up. They were shackles. 
and they had shackled to the, to the two soldiers. Now, remember, how many of them were there? How many soldiers? Sixteen. <laughs> so these 16 people, these 16 soldiers, they were assigned to keep Peter until he could be murdered. Now, in the middle of the night, there were some miraculous things happening. Whenever our power goes off at night or up in the evening, and uh, we're on Tri-County, so that used to happen quite a bit. <laughs> I would go to bed. The first thing I'd do before I went to bed is I'd turn the light on. They'd say, Ray, that's stupid because the power's off. I wanted to know when the power come back on. So I would flip the switch, and then sometime in the middle of the night, the light would come on. It would wake me up. I could reset all the clocks, and then I could not be late for work the next day. Make sense? Any of you do that? Of course, I'm retired now, so I don't care if the power's on or not, unless the air conditioner's working. <coughs> so in the middle of the night, in this dungeon, an angel appears. Okay? And what's it do? The Bible says that a light shone. Now, there's 15 people in this area. And the only one who didn't get woke, all of, none of them got woken up when the light came on. None of them. None of them were awakened by the light. Verse 7 says, Now behold, the angel of the Lord stood by them, and a light shone in the prison, and they were still all asleep. They were either heavy sleepers, or this was a miracle of God. Now, it says, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up. How many of you have been asleep and someone tapped you on the shoulder and you come out of sleep just like that? Real quiet like, right? Absolutely not. My brother was in Vietnam, and whenever <laughs> he had some problems with his, he got his eyes burnt, well burned, and at work one day, and, and I didn't know it. And I went into his house, and he was asleep on the couch. Now, being in Vietnam, y'all, if you've, any of you's been there, you know what I'm talking about. And I touched him, and he come up alive and ready to fight. And this verse says, Peter, or the angel struck Peter. Not just, hey, hey, wake up, wake up. But it said, hey, wake up. And none of the guards woke up. Isn't that a miracle? Isn't that a miracle? Uh, that's, that's one of the miracles that, that uh, I, I want you to look at that really happened because God's people were praying. Remember, back at the church, they were in prayer constantly so that Peter would be safe. Now, it says that he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly, and his chains fell off of his hands. Have you ever dropped a chain on a rock? It makes some noise, doesn't it? It makes a noise like an alarm clock. 
Did the the soldiers wake up? No. Another miracle, amen? Because they weren't there to combat and to fight uh, and, and to restrain Peter again because there were still 16 of them and they could have overtook Peter again. But this angel went in there, shone the light, told him to get up, wake up and get up, and he gets up and these chains fall on the stones and these guys are still asleep. I'll tell you what, that is some good guarding work. Now, the angel, after he got Peter awake, and if he's like me, that took a minute or two, <laughs> got his shoes on, got his, always got dressed and ready to go out. They walked past the first guards. They walked past the second guards. They got to the gate that led out into the street. And the gate opened on its own accord. Another miracle. Amen? Unless it had one of those solar or gate operating things on it that you see every once in a while. It opened on its own accord. And then the angel just kind of disappeared. And Peter standing out there in the middle of the street saying, What just happened? What? Did I just dream this? Have you ever had one of those dreams where it was so real? You thought you were in actual the dream? Yeah. I had a dream one time, one of the weirdest dreams I ever had. I was floating out in the middle of Carlisle Lake, hanging on to a board. <laughs> that may sound funny, but Ray's not a swimmer. And Ray doesn't really care for water sports that much. But I thought I was going to drown. Then I woke up. <laughs> Thank God I did. Peter's standing out in the street, and he said, I got to, I've got to tell somebody this. So he goes to where all the church people are praying. He walks up to the gate, and this is one of my favorite parts. He knocks on the gate. And a lady by the name of Rhoda comes to the gate. And every time I I read this story, I think of Rhoda Morgenstein. Anybody remember her? She was kind of a really dingy lady. And she comes to the gate, and Peter is standing there. And she, she comes up to the gate and says, Oh, it's Peter, it's Peter, it's Peter, it's Peter. She runs back and says, Peter's here, Peter's here. He's out at the gate. Peter's here, Peter's here. And what do the people who are praying for Peter's release say? You're crazy. He's not here, he's in jail. Surprise! God answers prayer. Surprise! He answers prayer. And Rhoda's still running around there. He's, he's here, he's here, he's here. And said, oh, you just saw an angel. We make excuses once in a while whenever God really answers our prayer. And say, it can't be. Hmm. They weren't looking for it. We need to look for God to answer our prayer. After she ran around the house a little bit, finally she can, can convince them to go look, and, and they go out and they look. Because in verse 16 it says, Peter continued knocking, and when they opened the door and they saw him, they were astonished. 
They couldn't believe it. They were amazed that Peter was there. What would you expect? What would you expect? It's what you prayed for. When you pray, what do you expect to happen? What are you looking for for it to happen? Are you like Rhoda? Oh, he answered my prayer. I can't believe it. Or do you say, that's what I was looking for? I was looking for that. I've been praying for that. Ever since this problem arose, I've asked God to take care of it. Look for it. Whenever you pray, don't you say, well, it happened in the Bible. These were the disciples. Peter was the leader of the church. So it's special. My friend, let me tell you something. You are as special to God as Peter was. You are just as important to God as Peter, as James, as Paul, as as all the other people that you can name in the Bible. You are just as important to them, to God, as they are. Now, Verse 17 said, But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent. Peter said, Shh. Because he knew that if he got too excited about it, they were going to hear him and they were going to come after him again. Peter said, Now keep quiet. And he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. He told them the exact same story that I just told you. And he said, go and tell these things. Go and tell when God answers your prayer. It's the very best witness that you have is when you tell everyone you know how God answered your prayer. We need that reference of what God has done for you. I know what God has done for me. I know how God changed my life that Sunday afternoon at McCabe's Chapel Church in Flora, Illinois. I know. And I want you to know that God changed my life. I want you to know God has has delivered me from disease. I want you to know that. Because we're to tell everybody because how are we going to know just how good God is if we keep it to ourselves? What has God delivered you from? What have, once in a while, what have you been surprised about whenever God answered your prayer? And what, what, are, you, what are you going to do with that surprise? Or are you going to say, well, I really didn't think God would do that. Or are you going to say, you know what my God done? You know how God delivered me? Do you understand just how good God is? Do you understand that God really loves you? He loves me this much. And he'll do the same thing for you if you pray in what? Faith believing and expecting an answer. You see, 
It should be no big surprise that God answers our prayers. But we've got to look for it. And then he wants us to tell others about the good things that he has done for us. What has God done for you? What have you told others that God has done for you? I'm going to tell you something. Jesus took a little country boy from Patoka who was as ornery as anybody. Kevin and I once in a while talk about some of the things that we've done, and, and I don't tell him all the things that I'm ashamed of. <laughs> but he took this little country boy, and he set his feet on the rock, the rock of salvation, and changed his life completely. I'm here to tell you that most of us if not all of us, without God, we wouldn't be here today. Because God has done something in your life. God has protected you, sometimes even when you didn't know it, because he loves you so much. He loves you just a lot more than what you love your children. And we all love our kids, right? Give them anything that we can. God loves you more. And he wants to spend eternity with you. And all he asks for an eternal life in heaven is that you surrender to him and say, here I am, Lord, take me. Do whatever you want to with me. But I want to spend eternity with you. And not only spend eternity with God in heaven, but avoid spending eternity in hell. Because there is no in-between. I don't like pain. I don't like getting burnt. So therefore, I'm going to heaven. Because the Bible talks of hell as a, as a burning lake of fire. And I don't want to go there. And I don't want you to go there. If you don't know Jesus, come and let me, let me introduce you to him. And if you will, you can avoid the burning lake of fire and walk on streets of gold see gates of pearl walls of jasper mansions a river and the grass is always that tall you don't have to mow that's where I want to go brother Gary would you come please do you know Jesus as your savior if not let me introduce you to him maybe you just need to come and pray that's okay too I would love to pray with you if you would Please come. Stand with me, please. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.